Great DJs deserve great music. That's why here at Desi BPM, we're giving professional DJs access to the first ever online DJ pool exclusively for Desi Music. Register your interest now and receive your first three months free at desibpm.com. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the show, it's the number one show, interviews and music, podcast, you know, integrate the culture through the times, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, all you really need is some roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes. So welcome once again to the Roots and Rhymes podcast, and for a change, I'm joined by my man 50 Grand, Mac. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Sweating hell, Jones. It's I so know. hot, man. It is so hot. With these fans running in this room as well, I've got lights beaming on me, just so that I can look half decent. I'm on the top floor, and the heat's just rising, and I've got the lights on, and it, you know, just to kind of brighten up my appearance for oh, uh, YouTube man. and everything, but damn, it's hot <laughs> right now. It is hot, it is hot. But you know what, we've got a hot guest on today as well. And uh, it's going to be another. It's going to be another funny show. Yeah, I, I sure. guarantee it. But before we get onto that, the usual reminders. Reminders. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your usual streaming platform. So that Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever you want to listen to it on. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. We're constantly trying to get the content on there as well. Especially, and we know the episodes are long. We know they are getting on, but you know what? We were saying that we, we just can't cut down some of the stories and the guests, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost disrespectful yeah. to the guests to try and cut important parts of their journey and their careers and what influenced them just to get it down under an hour. Well, I don't think it's thing. really fair, so that's it, yeah. We've had fascinating guests and we've had some uh, stories and insights and information that, you know, as much as... Roots and Rhymes do the research on the guests and find out people just drop these little nuggets and to cut out yeah. parts of that interview is to cut out context and Absolutely. one of the things that we're really passionate about is making sure that context is there and that you get a real feeling about the people that we have and their real story so another hilarious and controversial sometimes this guest today Mac mm-hmm, so yeah. he's, he's like a real it. up and like comer I, I love the yeah, controversy you like controversy don't you so a real up and coming in the comedy circuit as well with bags of talent. He's going to be absolutely hilarious. And I'm really interested to get to know because he's a young talent as well. So his musical inspiration is and where, uh, what direction that's coming from today. Yeah, for sure. This is, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Like I say, I love the, the style, the feeling. I like what he's doing. I like the way he's pushing the boundaries and, you know, going after that controversy. I, I love it because it makes people think and it pushes the envelope a little bit. So yeah. Very impressive what's going on right now. Yeah. So today's guest is making waves in the comedy circuit. Pre-lockdown, he enjoys spending his nights making white couples awkwardly laugh about British colonialism. And by day, he successfully curated a podcast called Samosa Chats, where he spoke to some amazing guests. But now he's spending his time discussing morality. It's Preet Singh. How you doing, brother? Welcome, bro. What a fucking introduction, <laughs> man. Fuck. Cheers, man. I feel like, I feel like I've been... You look, you look like a really smooth grooming guy. I love it. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> we're, we're working on you, man. We're working on you. Know I'm going to leave right now, man. If, if this is where we're going with this interview, I'm, I'm out. I'm going, bro. That's it. Yeah, you done. can't put another tick against your name, Mac. Uh, <laughs> I love Brilliant. That. No, love thanks that. for joining yeah, us, thank man. You no, thank me, you man. for joining us. It's a real pleasure, man. And it's been a few well a month in the making really hasn't it we were talking about it earlier on maybe in like um we went quiet and then all of a sudden we thought right okay we've got to make this happen now and we've got a date in the diary and it's a it's an absolute pleasure to have you on today bro yeah for sure thank you thank you thank you i'm looking forward so so how have you been how i mean how's the comedy circuit been i mean obviously lockdown now things are easing up a little bit but things have changed for the arts definitely how's it been for you bro it's been it's, it's been terrible. I mean, really, to be honest, I don't mean to like depress people out, but I mean, so uh, it went through like a little change where everybody and anybody was doing, everybody and their dog was really doing online yeah. content. Yeah. I was, again, I was a little bit slow to pick up on it. Then eventually I kind of came around to it. And now it's Zoom gigs and stuff, which again, they're not really my thing. It's not the same, uh, is it? I struggle. It doesn't have the same vibe, the same feeling. It's not stand-up mm. comedy to me. Like, if, if it's, if it's not like, I tend to be quite a fussy comedian yeah. anyways. 
I love the dingy dark rooms <laughs> with the low ceiling. Yeah, proper basement like, dives, just, that kind of thing. Yeah, that that's where I feel like my humour deserves to be. Like it doesn't deserve <laughs> to be on this like open air, nice field with all these posh cars and no. stuff. I like it when it's got that grimy feel and like it's crazy, man. I don't even know if I'm a comedian. <laughs> I do. Well, what class is you as a comedian? How are you, how are you defining yourself right now then, bro? Bro, I, I don't know. Just some weird dude that likes to yell at people. Like, you know, like, as they're just passing by my window, I'm like, yeah, your missus is shit. Do you find yourself just getting angry because you haven't got an outlet for it, really? Like, political issues and like, shit like that? Because usually on stage, I, I, I guess your outlet is your material to an extent. So by not being able yeah. to be on stage doing it, it must be a bit... Like it must be bubbling up inside and you're just screaming at the TV. In my mind, in my mind, it's a, um, any new ideas I have for stand up have like a one week, like trial okay, period. Yeah. So I'll think of the idea. I'll probably write it within a day or two and then it'll be try and it'll be tested to see if there's anything yeah. in that. And then after that, it'll mm. be developed. Now I've got stuff in my notebook, right? Which is five months old and it could be total dog yeah. shit. And I think it's hilarious. Like sometimes I'll, I'll flick through it and I'm like, that's great. And I know for a fact, as soon as I jump onto the stage, it's going to be a year in the making and it's going to be yeah, shit. It's, it's not going to be in context you know? anymore, is it? It's not going to be... It's, it's just going to be like, it is, it is strange and there's so much going on. Like Rewind. Let's take it back. No, your roots. So a young Harman Preet born in 1993 in Reading. What was the first music you remember listening to uh growing up Punjabi music my um my dad used to have those cassette yeah. tapes so we so I, I grew up in reading um grew up in reading and then we used to take these trips to southall mm. and there were um there was a there, there was a cassette shop yeah. by uh i think the restaurant's now called roxy but it used to be called something called okay and there was a cassette shop, so we used to go eat there, and then my dad would pick up like a couple of cassettes yeah. every week. So what kind um, of stuff was that? And it was that and Pagwantaman. That was um old school stuff. So Jeep and Rocky was yeah. a big, big um big name. So what year are we talking here? We're talking about 1994, no, 96, 97? 96 yeah. onwards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think around three, four I can yeah. remember it like completely. Yeah, so it was a lot of like um so Jibinder and Kuldeep Monarch are the ones that I remember the most, and then Pagwantaman as well. You know the 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 comedy yeah, yeah, tapes, yeah, 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 with the yeah, laughter, yeah, yeah. With the really it, bad laugh laughter in the background, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it was those. I, I remember those. But then um, we went to a wedding in Canada, right. Once, right? And that I think that's when music. So I've got a cousin, the cousin whose wedding it was. He's actually a singer mm-hmm. himself. And I remember that was, I was, that was 2001. So I was about five, yeah. five, six. I remember them being like, oh my God, Punjabi music banging. Yeah. Like it's on point. <laughs> uh, then I started getting into the artists and stuff. Like I think there was a B20, B21 was yep. a big one. That was played yep. at the wedding. Um, B21. There was a Canadian singer as well. I, f- I forget his name. But Kaka Beniwala is another one. massive, man. He's Kaka one of my favourites. Yeah, oh, he, I reckon he had the best vocal. It's between him and Sajid Benalaki have the best vocal range of Punjabi music. Uh, you know, that is a tough one, actually. That is such a tough one because Sajid Benalaki was such a, a legend and so his his voice was unbelievable. But Kaka Peniala as well, he had real... He had some real exposure and he was massive in the industry as well later in, around that time. As well, because... So Jeep in the yeah. was probably in the 90s, but Kake Benyamala was like the noughties, man. He he smashed the noughties. Yeah. Definitely. He, he was the voice yeah. of the noughties. He was. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, like everything from like... But then, oh, but then, you see, you think about it and it's like, I feel like so Jeep in the only really got, was appreciated after he passed yeah, away. I, I completely that, agree with you. Yeah. Like his, I couldn't agree with you more. Like his bullion stuff are just like... 100%. Like fucking chef kiss, man. <laughs> so, so like you said, it, around late 90s, early noughties. So y- would you say your dad was a massive inspiration for you when it came or a massive influencer for you when it came to, to the music side of things? Or did you, did you have any siblings or oh, did they encourage anything? I think in the early days, it was definitely 
I would definitely say it was those weekly cassette tape, yeah. tape trips, yeah. uh, like the family used to take. And then listening back on the way, on the half hour mm. drive, I would definitely say that was the biggest early in, uh, yeah. influence. But then as I got older, hip, hip hop was the bread and butter and it yeah, still yeah, is yeah. to this day. Like, I think the first, the first um, album I bought yeah. was, I think it was 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. I was like 11. That is, I you know what, that is a fucking like, album, man. Mm-hmm. It's track after I'll be, I'll track. Talk about Massive album. I was talking about this literally yesterday with a few friends, right? I reckon 50 Cent is underrated as an artist. As like an, as like an inter, internet troll. No, I, and like I, I, I wouldn't. I, I can't man. agree with you in terms of underrated, but I can agree with the fact that I think that he's underappreciated now. Like when he went yes, back then, yeah, Get yeah, Rich yeah. or Die Trying, like you had what, like many men on there and like 21 Questions and all. And you know what? Some of them were just album tracks. They never came out as singles, but they were absolute yeah. bangers. He had the, I mean, like, you know, 50 came with, you know, Eminem's blessing and Dre's blessing. I mean, he couldn't have been, he couldn't have been any more set up than what he was, but he did smash it. And I, I do hear what you're saying completely. I think that like, we look back now and it's like, I think, I think the yeah. thing for 50 is he just didn't, didn't. Yeah, like, he kind of, he kind of rested on that, didn't work, he? Did yeah. he kind of like, he did his thing and then it was like, I've done he a had, big album and kind of <laughs> not, I don't want to say it fell off, but it just yeah. disa- he, disappeared. He had two and a half and like say, now he's an yeah. amazing internet troll right so now. So he had, um, Get Rich mm-hmm. or Die Trying, uh, the Massacre, which was another great yeah. album, and then before I self destruct, you could tell he was on the decline. The thing is, you say the Massacre, mm. right? I and don't really remember that. much from the Massacre. Like I remember some of the tunes, but it was all. It wasn't. It doesn't oh. seem as as to me. I can't recall it as being a classic album like Get Rich or Die Trying was. But that's my personal opinion. Okay. So right. that, yeah. I, I think I saw Get Rich or Die Trying. I, I could listen to Get Rich or Die Trying now, but The Massacre, I don't think I could really listen to. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you're well within the, the millennial generation. So obviously when you went to high school and stuff, it was like 2002, 2003. Um, yeah. Or at least that was the come up of when you was listening to music. And like you said, you, you went to Canada and them, them era, for me, 2002, t- 2003, in my opinion was a golden era of music for British Asians, because for me, that is when British Asians really listened to the hip hop and the R and B. And then the Bhangra was really good around that era as well. So what, what are your memories of around that time? So, cause for me, like Dr. Zeus was doing it big then. I'm in here. All them boys, Richie yeah. Rich was on the come up as well. But then we also had on the R and B side, we had like, uh, R Kelly, one twelve, all them uh, and, oh. and Fifty Cent as well, smashing it up. Listen, you we can R. Kelly, R. Kelly R. for his music only. Cancelled. <laughs> oh, don't you list. say it, Matt, because you're the one that was saying on the last you. gig, dropped some R. Kelly. Actually, you did save me. I saved you. So, <laughs> I saved you. Tell Priya you Pri, saved me. So we're doing this gig, right? <laughs> last a couple of weeks ago, charity event and all the rest of it. And uh, Chun's is doing his set and we're practicing and he plays this R. Kelly tune and I'm like, Chun's, you need to cancel that tune, man. You need to delete it. And he's like, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. It's a big tune. He's like, Carl Kelly's a, it's a big tune. And the, everyone's going to know it. I was like, listen, bro, the charity that we're doing this for is the Leeds Children's Transplant Hospital. We're not playing R. <laughs> Kelly at all anyway, but we're definitely not playing it when we're doing this event for children. It's like, <laughs> I took that and I was like, yeah, you're right. R. Kelly's cancelled tonight. 100% R. Oh, Kelly's cancelled tonight. I, yeah. can't, I, can't, I can't listen to R. Kelly anymore, man. Those, the, the words, really? the words hit different. The words hit different now. I mean, like listen to a lot of his songs, and it's like, ah, okay, it's the it's, different oh, meaning. That's now. what you meant. That's what I you just meant. get the faint okay. smell of like my my brain plays tricks on me, man. I just get like the faint smell of piss whenever he comes on. I'm like, oh, <laughs> god, oh, Kenny. Same with Michael Jackson, man. Like, no, I, come I can't on, you can't say about Michael Jackson. Like talking about that era, two thousand two thousand three. I was I was listening to Michael Jackson. Them days, man. And before that, still oh. do. There ain't no proof of this Michael is, Jackson. So There's if, no proof. So if you don't mind me asking, how old are you guys? So I, I'm, f- how old am I? Fucking hell. I'm 33. 33. 33. 36. Yeah, All right. So now. you guys are slightly older than me, right? I, for, for, for all of my life, Michael Jackson has always been the nonce. 
He hasn't been like that's, the that's artist. Fair. That's fair. He, you know it's what? Like, yeah, somebody said to me, Michael true, Jackson, though. I could name more of his victims than I could tracks. Uh, you know what? <laughs> that's fair, though. That is that's fair. fair it is fair. Because you, you haven't, like, you know, Michael Jackson, you're talking 80s, 90s when, when we grew up and phenomenal global superstar, musician, dancer, everything. But you didn't grow up knowing that side of Michael Jackson. You were just the weirdo that looked weird. Yeah. That was allegedly doing crazy shit. Oh, come on. There was no allegedly. We're trying to be neutral in this. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Podcast, I, I don't have to do any of this shit. I'm going to get you guys. <laughs> no, no. You can say what you want. You, so, yeah, you can say what you want. We, we're being very we, BBC about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ooh, we don't know like, yes we fucking do <laughs> when did the comedy comedic influences crop in because you mentioned that your dad bought the comedy tapes when you was out in Southall on your little day trips and stuff was that your first introduction of thinking hang on a second I really like this and listening to to these audio um, comedy tapes and, and that kind of style I think that was definitely my first exposure to comedy even though I think at the time I didn't like click to it, and like my Punjabi wasn't as good as as it eventually got when I was when I was that young, so it's like I didn't actually understand a lot of the stuff mm. that was going on. That was, but hundred percent, that was definitely my first exposure. And some of the old, you know, the really fucking cheesy, um, was it like Googie? Yeah, 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 those yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, those like Punjabi videotapes and stuff. Um, yeah. Atro and Chatro and all that, like you know the the, the my the dad loves Still, still does really. I mean, the guy's still kicking around, isn't he? On these, he's still doing shows, his thing. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That's it. But <laughs> even now, following. the Punjabi movies and stuff like that, they've got so much comedy, in, and they're they're oh. really funny. So it's always been there, hasn't it? These comedy performances in in Punjabi culture, which is is quite interesting, actually. Not something that we've we've really discussed, have we, Mac? No, no, we haven't. It's strange. It's it's strange because it's like the profession of being a comedian mm. doesn't really exist, does it? But then when you actually look yeah. into the, like even like when you look back on some of the um, old like music videos and stuff, there'd always be like a little skit or something in there. Yeah. Uh, like some of the Punjabi, Punjabi MC stuff, like there was always like a, a skit or something where the music would stop and like something yeah. would happen. Mm. So I do think the culture's always had it there. Like you had, like if you want to go even further back, you had your like Bollyan that are funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely. Bollyan and the art of storytelling as well, the comedic storytelling as well. It was all it was all amalgamated, didn't it? Because if you think about Punjabi music and folk Punjabi, it was it was almost done in the round of like courtyards in Bindus. It was either Bollyan singing and and dancing, or it was storytelling or comedic storytelling and that kind of thing. Was it very theatrical as well? I think. Yeah. So I think I, I think that that vein has always been there in in the actual um, culture. But I think my first real exposure to comedy was when YouTube was first becoming a thing. When I got my okay. first laptop, yeah, um, there was two clips I saw. The first one was I was th- I was thirteen at the time. The first one was Dave Chappelle. Yeah, he had a special. Uh, called "Killing Them Softly," mm. and on that somebody had like clipped it up and stuck the Sesame Street bit okay. onto, yeah. onto YouTube. And I vividly remember watching that for the first time and being like, oh, shit, yeah, yeah. this is amazing, right? And then the second clip, like, I think it was the same day, the second clip was the Russell Peters. Somebody okay. going to get hurt real oh, bad. Real bad, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, I was just like, oh, okay, this is like unbelievable. It's just an art form. And then I just became a fan, like... I'd watch it like hours on end, like different people's routines. Paul Chowdhury had that one that was on um, YouTube at an early stage, his arcs routine and all that. Mm. So it's like, I vividly remember watching those videos like for hours. You know what? It it is so funny that you say that because my earliest memory of listening to comedy and stand up comedy is I had, and it goes back to kind of, the similar medium to what you're saying, your dad bought tapes because earlier on, a lot of comedians were on vinyls. So like your Richard Pryor's and that kind of stuff, they're all available on vinyl as just audio. So even though this one was actually filmed, I only listened to the audio for probably a good year before I watched the video. That was Eddie Murphy raw. I just listened to that audio over and over and over again. And it was so funny. And I did, probably didn't watch the film for about 
like a year until, and I knew it inside out. So yeah. all the impressions he was doing and stuff, mm-hmm. I had to imagine that, you know what I mean? And then it is. And then, then that That's introduced crazy. me. I think Mac, you introduced me to Richard Pryor. You bought the DVD. I was, I was the same chuns with, yeah. with, with Jag, uh, older cousin. Um, he, he showed me this Eddie Murphy tape raw. And I was like, this yeah. is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. And then I, then I've someone, I was watching at home or something like that. And one of my cousins was like, this is like a lot of Richard Pryor stuff. Like someone who was a lot older than me. And I was like, no, no, this is Eddie Murphy. And he's like, no, no, his jokes, they're very, very similar to Richard Pryor stuff. So I was like, okay, I don't know who Richard Pryor is. So I bought the DVDs and I watched Richard Pryor and I was like, no, no, this is the funniest guy I've ever seen in my life. Because Richard Pryor is on, he, you, yeah. seven, you talk Easy, about 70s, 70s, right? yeah, 70s, 80s. 70s, yeah. something like that. You can watch it today. So and funny. it's still as funny as it was back then. That's the mark of a true genius yeah. for me. I, nearly, I, I, I essentially worked my way back through comedy. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, like you can see, like Dave Chappelle's like yeah. my like idol. Like. I love Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I love him. That was delivery. I got a chance everything. to meet him. No way. Yeah. So he did a series life. of gigs in London and it was like a secret. And he did loads. Was it oh. then? Yes, bro. So Fuck it was, you know. it was um, February, February this year. He yeah, was at yeah, Leicester yeah. Square Theatre. He did like 10 or 12 shows. I got my tickets. I'm three rows from the front, right? So I go, I'm, I'm, I'm with a friend. I go um, to the bar to get a drink. And everybody's like, there's these three black dudes standing around and everybody's just giving them bare space. And I'm like, what like, the fuck's going on? So I walk, I walk up and I just stood behind him. And then one of them turned around and I was like, oh shit, it's gigs. I was gigs. Like fucking talking the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. yeah. And then um, it was gigs. It was gigs, Lethal Bizzle and Chipmunk. Rah. And I was like, I was like, oh, hey man, like fucking big fan. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, I'm a comedian as well. If you have needed insert, like, you know, I'm probably just mouthing yeah, yeah. off. Yeah. Lethal Bizzle, by the way, nicest dude I've ever met. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and he's proper like, fucking like fucking yeah oh cool that's cool blah 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 and we were just having a chat mm. and then I go take my seat we have a great time the show's phenomenal and then I know Dave Chappelle likes to party and this is yo this is the fucking stalkerish shit I've ever done I found out where the after party was right so I go to the after party with, with, with my friend and I'm like Dave Chappelle's gonna come through I used to work as a security I used to work as a bouncer right okay uh, while I was at uni so I go to the head doorman. I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I blag my way through to this party by telling him I'm represented by an agency. This is my agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yada, yada. None of this shit's true, right? I, I name drop like the biggest agency in the world. <laughs> they like kept me waiting for about 10 minutes and then eventually just let me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, I was like, no, no, don't worry about it. I don't want to cause a problem. I was like, I'll just phone them up. Like I proper gave it. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. They let me into the party. <laughs> Long story short, I make friends with a bouncer in there. He's like, yeah, Dave's going to come through. I was like, great. I was like, I'm going to be over there. Just give me a shout. Like mm. a few minutes before he's going to come in. They're like, all right, cool. The stars align. The bouncer, he comes over to me. And he's like, you've got two minutes and Dave's going to walk through. I was like, oh, cool. Literally, as, he, as we're having this thing, down the stairs walks fucking Chappelle. I make a beeline for him, right? If right. somebody's watching this, they must have thought this dude's about fucking punching because I was a man <laughs> on a mission. And I'm not like a small dude either. Right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, bolting, yeah. I'm bolting straight up to fucking Dave. Somebody yeah. in his entourage holds his arm out. Oh, no, 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 don't worry about it, man. Puts his arm down, lets me go through. Taps Chappelle on the, uh, on the shoulder, turns around. He sticks his hand out. I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. I was like, yo, man, I'm a comedian. Big fan of yours. I was like, you're the reason I do comedy, love, blah, blah, blah. I was like, do you have any advice? And he was like, nah, it's a grind, but you got to keep on grinding. And then just walked in, uh, walk, walked off to VIP. I follow this guy, right? I follow his entourage into VIP. My friend comes in with me. Right. Just kicking it in VIP with Dave Chappelle and his fucking entourage. That's, right? fucking, that's crazy, man. Bro. Party up. It was a big VIP area. I was nowhere near. One of my biggest regret, regrets was to get his own private smoking area, mm. right, through a fire exit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I could smell it. They were all smoking weed. My mm. biggest regret is not walking into that smoker's area. Oh, I man. guarantee I could have just 
got into the circle and just like yeah, pass it to the left. Like, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I guarantee you, but I fucked it. I fumbled the ball, right? So, long story short, I don't bother him for the rest of the night because I'm like, I don't want to be a fucking fanboy in it. As he's walking through, the, my friend goes, Oh shit, Dave, Dave's leaving. Mm. This is how nice of a dude he is. He's like a good eight, nine feet away from me. He turns around, sees me, and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go now. Fucking shakes my hand, says goodnight, leaves off. I was sat there, and I'm like, nobody's going to fucking believe this shit, right? I was like, holy fuck, right? I had to get all of that account corroborated by my friend. She was a witness. I, he has a thing about pictures as well. I was debating yeah. asking him about like for a picture, but I was like, oh, fuck it. As a, as a, as a comedian, I think it's brilliant. His delivery, he's, the fact that he's, he's had so much longevity in his career as well took a bit of a break as well didn't he but he is he is brilliant and around 2004 2005 when youtube started kicking off and more online content was available and stuff like what what was the kind of the music you were listening to around that time as well like i said dr zeus um and hair them boys were massive around that time and it was real british asian culture in music so what were, what were you listening to? So Shinda Shinda is another one. Big time. I feel, I, Big time. Like, I think he was he was massive back then. Yeah. Uh, him and Jazzy B. Do you remember those pl- collaborations that yeah. they've done? Yeah, yeah. There was like um, Sony Lagadi and stuff like that. That was out around that time. And uh, so Shinda yeah. Shinda was smashing it then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to be the, he's got to be the first person to do like or attempt Punjabi rap. It was, it was, and it was fast, man. He was like the twister, Punjabi twister, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, wasn't it? Oh, fuck. Um, Cray Twins. Cray, Cray Twins. twins. You know, we were talking about that with Harps, man, because obviously I, I think they're Leicester boys as well. Yeah, yeah. Cray yeah. Twins smashed it. Smashed it. And Le- Lethal B, like you said, you met him yeah. as well. He was on the track. Amazing, and Amazing what, production. What a tune. And yeah. That was, yeah, that was huge. Was I remember that track. That, that was massive. Was, like a couple, a couple of things, like fucking doing it big with some of the like, what Twister at the time was massive as well. Oh and yeah, Lethal Bizzle was definitely the biggest in the UK scene at the time. Yeah, yeah, because Power was just, out was just, just before thing. that as well, yeah, so he was yeah, killing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so that was huge. I remember that. I still got that on my iTunes somewhere. Um, you know what? The crazy thing is, so we we spoke about it with Harps, and I was like, that is a forgotten track for me. I had the vinyl. I had the vinyl and. I went onto Apple Music and it's not there. It's not even on yeah, Apple Music. Yeah. It, no, it's not. I think it's on my iTunes actually on this laptop. Yeah, but, downloaded. Um, yeah. Yeah, fucking. I did YouTube to MP3, man. <laughs> <laughs> like Sony, it's like one of them leftover Sony Ericsson tracks. Yeah. Not like three computers aids. That file probably from LimeWire <laughs> definitely gave a couple of computers aids, man. <laughs> No, that was a, that was a classic tune. That was a great era for music as well. But yeah, so, but I think again, I think it was hip hip hop was my main influence at that time. Yeah, yeah. I think that was probably the time I, I did a similar thing with hip hop. I think so. I started with like the Fifty Cent's and your M and M's that were massive at the time, mm-hmm. and kind of worked my way back. Yeah, to, towards your Wu Tang's, um, Tupac, Biggie, Pun. Yeah. I had all of these. I had all of these influences that I kind of stuck with that mm. I, I found by going backwards. Mm. I think because it's quite a cool thing to do in it. Like when everybody else is listening to one type of music, you're yeah. like, well, actually, you know, fucking, <laughs> like, fucking, you said it's actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, have you heard of this like little small time band called the Wu Town Clan? Like, <laughs> and I went to quite a white school, so they're like, ah, oh, what's this? What is this profanity? Yeah, like fucking. Bro- meanwhile, they're just like fucking driving around listening to Robbie Williams. <laughs> it was it was a similar thing with me as well. I don't know if it was with you, Matt, but I I kind of did a similar thing. So I had the staples growing up, and I knew like your Doctor Dre's and your Two Backs and stuff like that. But it was mm-hmm. only later on when I started thinking, hang on a sec, people are talking about these old school hip hop artists and stuff like Wu Tang and um, even Nas. I only listened to a little bit. I didn't listen to Illmatic when I was growing up. I listened to Illmatic when I was 25. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I went back and I think it was the same with Punjabi music for yeah. me as well, because yeah. you always had your staples that you heard at weddings and stuff like that. 
But then your other stuff, like your actual folk, I didn't listen to that until I could go and find it somewhere. You know what I mean? Like YouTube and Apple Music or Spotify and that kind of stuff. And that kind of helped me rediscover older music. Would you say it was, so it was a similar thing with you and hip hop, but was it a similar thing with the Punjabi side of things as well? Yeah, massively, massively. I think I probably, my teens, I probably fell out of like keeping out, keeping up with Punjabi music. Then when I went to mm. uni yeah. is when, so I went to Brunel, which is like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Just brown people everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's Desi Central, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, like, you saw a white person, you're just like, save me. No, like, um, <laughs> so I think, I think that's when I really got into like, properly got into Bhangra and Punjabi music and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I did start working my way back. At the time, it was like JKs, your true schools, yeah. and stuff like that. And then you kind of like almost like you automatically start working backwards because it's like there's no, there's only so much new music that can come out. Absolutely. So you have to start going backwards. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. when I really got into your Dr. Zeus's. Yeah. Uh, RDB is another one. Yeah. Um, uh, RDB is a big one. What else was I listening to back then? That's to be like, then I started, I'm like, in Hayes as well uh, around that time. Yeah. There was, there was loads. You know what? I, there was an era of not necessarily Punjabi music, but Desi music, right? And that Desi yeah. scene, where you had like, I was watching. I don't know if you caught the that documentary on BBC about that Bungara bust, where it had the um, it had the Aston Bungara team and it had the uh, University of Birmingham Bungara team. <laughs> but in the background of that, they had. I don't know if you remember the song Desi Rock by Swami, right? Yeah, Just Google yeah, yeah, it, yeah. right? That tune. It was a classic back then. It was a sick tune in that day, right? And it's it's not like a proper folk Punjabi song stuff like that. But there was this lost era of Punjabi music around that time. Like you had like Swami Desi Rock, and you had like Excellency and and them guys who are totally forgotten now. They haven't stood the test yeah. of time. But back then, them tunes were massive. I always think, I always think it's very rare to find. I think it's very rare to find somebody who doesn't stand the test of time mm. that was truly great. I've yeah. like actual great music. So it's like you know, those people we just mentioned, you know, Dr. Zeus, Armin mm. Hare, people like that. Those tracks still get the loudest response Absolutely. at weddings. Yeah, definitely. And like weddings and Dissy nights and stuff. And I think that's how you can tell that, okay, they were a step above. Mm. Like RDB, you stick on an old school, that garage infused. Ah. Bro, it's going to blow the roof off. Danger 2 is still sick. Like, honest to God, you you listen to Danger 2, it is bad, man. It's so good. Like, that garage vibe. Like, it went out of fashion probably five or six years after it was out, and then it came back in. Now it's like, oh, my God, the nostalgia is just nuts. That's what it is. It is the nostalgia, that's it, yeah. It's like that five, ten-year period where, like, music owns owns a block of time yeah so you play you play that uh, you play those rdb tracks you're instantly going to be taken to like a club night in what like 2003 2004 like yeah. with your bootcut jeans trying to like <laughs> you know <laughs> trying to chat up somebody who's probably got like four kids now yeah. married been <laughs> from india <laughs> you know what's crazy as well it takes you to a time and I, I don't know if it was the same for you when you were at uni you obviously went to uni uh, a few years after i did but that day that era was an era of like Bhangra gigs everywhere. And they were every, like a decent, if a Bhangra night at all. Right. But then they were everywhere and there were, there were artists left, right and center, DJs left, right and center. Like you must've like spent your life in ministry of sound, just going to them gigs, being a Brunel student and that. Bro, Bhangra gigs and this gigs, right, were both the best and worst yeah. times of everybody's 100%, life. 100%. 100%. Coach trips to Leicester, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you <laughs> you turn up. And Bruno used to have have have, have a shit ton, right? You turn up, and the first thing that's going to hit you, if it's been going for a couple of couple of days, is the sweat and the BO, man. 100%. That's man. just going to, that's going to hit you in the face. Especially, especially right? post-smoking uh, ban as well. Yeah. Because that masked it all. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's the only time. It's the only time I've walked in somewhere and I'm like, man, bring back the cigarettes. I'll trade lung cancer for this like smell. Like this is fucking terrible. That's the first thing that's going to hit you, and then the second thing that's going to hit you is the ratio, man. The ratio of women to men. It was always. It was is, always. It was always outweighed. It was always outweighed. If ever a man, I felt crazy. so bad for them girls because like they, we could do an entire Me Too movement just on them gear. <laughs> I'm bungering. Well, tell me, tell me that's not. Tell me that's not true. I think back to 100%, it, man. Hundred percent. What? Like, how is crazy? This? Like, you know it's what? If you right. went to a bungalow and your mate didn't go, the first question was like, "What was the ratio? What was the ratio?" He was like, oh, yeah. six, 30, 70 was good. Yeah. Thirty seventy was a good ratio." <laughs> it was like it was 99, like yeah, it was seventy thirty, and those those thirty came with the seventy, and every single one of them had like either a psycho boyfriend or a psycho <laughs> ex. Yeah. You know, he's just waiting for them dookie tunes to come on so he can just punch a man out speaking to him. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the other thing that Bangla gigs, you could pretty much guarantee was that like the smell would hit you, the ratio would hit you, but then actually someone would hit you because it'd be a fight in there somewhere. <laughs> it'd always be the dude that had the no neck who'd just be like, yeah. <laughs> what are you saying, bro? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, couldn't, couldn't, he's not a dancer. He can't do Bungra or anything, you know, those neck that, that neck is not built for Bungra, right? <laughs> he can't He's just standing in the corner. <laughs> when soon as Dorothy Hindi comes on, bro, I'm dashing, man. Yeah, <laughs> Dorothy Hindi, they put, put the drug down there on the air, bro. Man's gonna show people I'm a doctor, yeah. <laughs> like, Fucking biggest cut out as well. He had the biggest cut out, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the condo tattoo, yeah. Like, <laughs> the bigger the cut out, know, the bigger the seek. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just standing there. You're just like, oh, bro, I'm gonna have to stop this BRW at some point. Like, when do I, <laughs> when do I talk to him about how his conduct tattoo's got to go before, like, you know? <laughs> what, a, what, what an era, man! What an era! But the thing is, it was birth of good music, man. Like that yeah. era, the music was so good, and that's the thing. It that's what forms the basis of this podcast as well is the fact that everybody grew through that era, and that's what cemented that Asian. Asian, British Asian culture and British Asian musical culture as well. I mean, like we were saying, we had, we had Richie Rich on the side and he, he was almost, he gave birth to that Asian fusion as well that mm. everyone was listen, listening to like with Jay Sean and Juggy D and yeah. Richard, all that time as well. And then Hey Stanley came a little bit later, but even before that, like we said, your, your Zeus's, your Um and Hairs, that kind of stuff. It was, that was music of our time. Jay Sean, I think, Again, doesn't get the credit in our community that he deserves. No, I, th- I think right? I think I think you're absolutely right. The fucking the, firstly, just from an artistic point of view, the music that that man was putting out, mm. what was it like? It was just turning. What was it 2008, 2009? That era there. Yep, 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 yep. Like with um, stolen, yep. and then like the fucking eyes on you, all that down. stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 and down, yeah, Bro. down. Everybody in my family was taking a piss out of Jay Sean when Eyes on You was out. Right? Like, oh, they can't be good under all of this. All out of sheer just fucking ignorance and jealousy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then he dropped them. Then he dropped them fucking two bangers straight after. Then yeah, everybody's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, Jay Sean, man, I've been like, I yeah, and he had Babasha Basu in it. the bloody video, and everybody was like, oh, he's killed it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so like Jay Sean to me is like artistically, he's probably like the peak at the moment of where we've mm. gotten to. No, I think down with little Wayne getting shined for cash money. Are you mad? It is crazy. And you know what? You're right. And you know what the best thing I think that he did is before everybody could take the piss out of him, he took the piss out of himself on his album. Like who the hell is yeah. Camel G? And then he, he did the rap, uh, me, myself or whatever, the, whatever it was. And he did the rap and he just took the piss out of himself and he did it before anybody else could have. So everybody was just sat yeah. there and like, oh, he smashed it, man. He killed it. That's it. He, yeah, he was he was big. Down down is a fucking banger. Sick, but that that was a big big era as well, man. But even when he went, and what was going on here was still massive as well. Like I said, the the even yeah. in the late two thousand eight two thousand nine, coming up to two thousand and ten, it was still massive. And obviously, that's probably coming around to the time that you were at university and stuff, and your JKs and your two schools were were hitting it up around then, and gigs were massive. RDB was still on the scene. It was, it was killing it. Cause we, yeah. we, when we had Manj on the show, um, 
previously we talked about RDB TV, where they, the gigs that they were at, they were interviewing people and they were interviewing massive artists at the time as well. And the thing is, you don't get that yeah. now. You don't get that. You don't get artists at gigs and stuff like that. The only stage shows that you see now are like massive Punjabi artists like Diljeet Dasanjh and stuff. And them coming over. Yeah, it's... It is it's is, it is proper strange, isn't it? Because it's like I actually feel like we're the Punjabi music industry is now going through like a bit of a renaissance mm. again. Uh, and yeah. again, I was one of these people that the first time I heard Sigur Musial, I was like, oh bro, like what is this? Yeah, this yeah, like yeah. it sounds terrible. But then when he as soon as you hear him like evolve as an artist, mm. then you're like, oh, this is banging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you listen to some of his like like dark love and and like um yeah. One of his like newer, newer stuff, and you're like, oh shit, this dude's voice is mental. He's no doubt he's a talented artist and he's a talented singer and stuff. And it's there's almost a subgenre mm. in in Punjabi and Bhangra music at the moment that's that was born from Canada. That you've got your your AP Dylans and your Sidhus and your Karanajulas and and them guys. It's almost yeah. what I would call like Daku music, basically. It's like it is like fight music, really, right? And it's it's a yeah. bit gangster ish. And that's what they're talking about being a, a bit of a thug and a, a bit of a bad boy, which is, is kind of, like I said, giving birth to this subgenre. But then at the same yeah. time, in parallel, you've got out and out Punjabi music coming straight out of Punjab and they're killing it. Good, Sidhu. Yeah, all uh, them. Your Ami Verks, your, uh, your Diljeet Dasanj is way before that, obviously. But then you've even got yeah. like the Landers and stuff like them guys now all coming out of Punjab and, and, and that's holding its own as well. It's exciting, man. It is proper exciting because I think there was there was like a little bit of a fall off, yeah, like, yeah, 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 in between where it was like nothing good was coming out mm. post like the DJ Sanj era, I think. So that's the thing. Yeah, that era like for me was golden era, like the Sanjes and even like Punjabi Hit Squad, Miss Scandalous, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff as well. Like I, to be honest, starting this podcast has took taken me back to that era. And made me listen to them tunes again and thinking, these are bangers. These are tunes, man. And mm. you, you can't reenact that. And I don't think it is ever going to, I don't know if it will come back or any of these artists will come back, but it's, honestly, it gets me excited Bangla. speaking about that era of Bhangra, to be honest. Um, but it sounds like you're definitely, when you discovered and you went backwards, like you said, you kind of really discovered that folk side and that kind of resonated with you with that, would that be fair to say? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So it's like with, I think it's it's so different. Like mm -hmm. the the folk music is like you could take you could take somebody like Chukila or like Kuldeep Manak or whatever. You could go back to like Maharaja Ranjit Singh's times, yeah, and I guarantee you that music would still bang mm. because of the way it's structured and yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, even even the language that's being used, mm -hmm. like yeah. the language now in modern day Pongra, Pongra tunes, you can understand yeah. simplified, like, yeah, simplified word word. Yeah, 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 it's like modern Punjabi. Whereas you go back, there's some stuff still to this day that I can't actually understand. Mm. So it's like I'll either have to ask my mum or my dad. Yeah, or what does that mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not with yeah. Jumkila songs. You don't do that with Jumkila songs ever. <laughs> don't ask your parents what Jumkila songs are because they will pick you around the ear. But um. <laughs> Oh, bro, he, 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 he's a filthy bastard. He was, he's you know, he was raw, man. Yeah, he was, he was disgusting. Like he was just like, you're like, oh, that's what that means. It sounds so <laughs> innocent. <laughs> uh, no, he he was an absolute legend, and you know what? A lot of people don't pick him on on these kind of things, man. Like I, I think on the three P. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mac. We've never had Chumkila up there. Nobody's actually said that on the three P. So I'll be interested to see he what really made, he made. He did nearly make my free beat. Did he? Should we do it? Should, 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 like, we're, we're, we diving into it or are we holding off? Not one beat. Not two beat. It's the three beat. Pre, obviously, you know, this is the part of the show where we ask you what are the three songs that you could play on repeat over and over again. Uh, it can be anywhere in the shower, whether you're watching Sonny Leone videos, any time you can listen <laughs> to these guys. So what, what's your first one? Go on. The first one, stay, staying on the Punjabi flex. So I only I, the way this conversation has gone, I should have chosen more Punjabi music. But so basically, um, 
The only one Punjabi tracks made it, and that is Surjeet Bindrakia, Mundari Nishani. You know what? Rock sound, okay? what? That is a, an absolute classic. It's made his greatest hits as well, definitely, right? Yeah. But it's not your conventional one that people tend to pick. So what made, Bro, this, what, what this made you pick year, this one? This, this last year has been a bit of a dookie year for me, isn't it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, that one, while I meet you like three tubs of Ben and Jerry's, that's the, that's the song that you stick on. That's man. a scene, man. That's a scene, right? Yeah. I'm t- it's, 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 it, I think for the vocal range mainly. Mm. Yeah, I've always yeah. I've always thought that that song's that song's a banger, but um, the vocal range on it and the way it starts off so slow, mm. uh, and then it builds and builds and builds, and it almost finishes on like um, uh, it finishes on a high tempo, having started off almost like yeah, a born. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, oh, that this spot could have been picked by so many. There's Ijor Gribanda by um, Jabgila, mm-hmm. which definitely should be one of my other ones. I don't know. I fucked it, man. You know we what, man? This, this is going to be a situation where we have a four peat, five peat, six peat. Yeah, yeah. This is. <laughs> oh, there's so many. Oh, you've already got two. Yeah. And people are like, all right, give us one. And I'm like, all right, here's two. Um, yeah, so. But that, that to me, I think, Mundri Nishani uh, um, is, I, I think it's the archetypal Punjabi song, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely. You know, I mean, even the, just the story about like a fucking two lovers that are now drifted apart. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I think that's like one of the archetypal stories. Like you, you think about like um, all of the Punjabi love, love stories are always about this fucking drift that happens. Mm-hmm. And then there's something sad, that, like something really specific, like a yeah. like a mundari that he's singing about, mm. that like encapsulates the entire the fucking yeah, 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 breakup yeah, yeah. and the story. Yeah. So I think, yeah, beautifully written song. I like that. I like that you haven't picked one of the well-known classics, if you like. You know, one of the stereotypical the songs that you think of now, like, like I say, yeah. from, from my, from, yeah, all those kind of things. Because, you know, when I hear... Sajid, I think of the, even that I'm not a massive Pangra head, I know, you know, you know the classics, but what I like about your pick is mm. you've kind of gone a little bit out of the box with, you know, picking something that maybe isn't as well known, but is still as impactful, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And so, like everybody can relate to it, isn't it? Like this, this, yeah. this, everybody's gone through a breakup at some yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unless definitely. you're like an incel or <laughs> Right. Okay. Let's move on to the second one then, Preet. So what's your number two then? Are we sticking to Punjabi or. Or we're gonna move no, to something else. So we've gone, we've gone hip hop with this one. Thick. Okay. So yeah. So we've got. I'm up. Um, you ate a killer. Ooh. By Big Pun. Big Pun. You know what? I have to say yeah. something. Big Pun didn't gain the popularity he deserved. Here. His, his here in the UK. His career was cut short, right? By unfortunately his passing. Mm. And I, I don't think he, he gets the respect he deserves. I think more industry people respect him than than uh, actual consumers or fans do of, of yeah. hip-hop music. Mm. Yeah, I think... Oh, I think... Oh, God. No, God, just, just, just going to say... This is, no, no, this is your... Yeah, this is no, your but I, I, yeah, this, is, this is my... T- <laughs> you're right, bro. I've got something to say at last. <laughs> no, I mean, like, Big Pond's one of those where I think, you know, stateside, he was a big name when he was live but in his passing kind of Fat Joe kept his legacy mm. going and really shone a lot of light on on him but I think you're right Jones. I think he's one of those artists where in the industry really well respected I love the I love the stuff Big Pom was putting out man I let you listen back to it. it's classic stuff it's great stuff he had, he had a great massive style yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really glad to see Big Pond on a on a three-peat because we haven't had Big Pond mentioned yet you know when people yeah. do talk about hip-hop same you know, we talk about the classic Nas, Wu Tang, you know, all those kind of people, biggies. biggies. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like big it's just nice to hear someone mention big big pun's name in 2020 and from someone as young as yourself who might not even mm. be aware of who Big Pun is. Bro, I Capital Punishment, so mm. so so the album. Yeah. Capital Punishment does not have a big so- uh, bad song and it was a double disc album. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you know how rare that is? Only like literally the only only the top. Bro, you don't get double albums disc albums anymore. You don't get people putting out that level of music. It's yeah. mad. You just don't. It's mad. But it's like, and and, and like just 
the he, he he lyrically, I think he's the best of all time. People always mm-hmm. go to like Biggie mm-hmm. or like yeah. uh, Biggie's usually held as like the for his flow and and his lyrics is held yeah. as like the the top mm-hmm. the top guy. Now I think Big Pun takes him, man. Big Pun, like I think some of some of the verses that he's got, mm-hmm. like there's a track on a Fat Joe album called Watch Out, right? Mm-hmm. And on that he's talking about. He's, he's, it's obviously like a gangster rap, so he's talking about murder and stuff. But he's not just going like, I will shoot you in the face. He's saying that he'll snatch the sun mm. out of your sky. Bro, yeah, yeah. like, and the, the whole thing, the whole thing is like, the whole verse is a metaphor about yeah. how he'll put this dude's lights out. And he's yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, like, yeah, yeah. almost like he's, um, who's that Marvel guy? Um, Thanos. Mm. Thanos, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. that's mad imagery. So yeah, I think he, he gets slept on. Yeah, mad. I agree with you, bro. And You Ain't a Killer, I think, is his best song. Yeah. So I had to go with that. Big, massive tune. That's it. You massive, know what? massive tune, man. Massive tune. I think that's a really, really good selection. So you got to end on a high now. You, you've, got, you've had Sajid slash yeah. Jamkilla. And then second one with Big Pun. What's the, what's the third, man? What's it going to be? I think we're going to go with the best overall musical artist of all time. Mm-hmm. And that's Tupac. Ambitious as a rider. Ambitious as a rider is my favorite pack tune. I can't even. I can't even. It has the most distinct. But that's a big tune. It has the most distinct production in it. In the back, that the the melody in there and the way that song, it's just sick, man. It's just so sick. It's pack in a nutshell. When I think of Tupac, that's the kind of that album as well. Was it America's Most Wanted? That all eyes on me. All eyes on me. Sorry, that is that. Yeah, uh, that tune encompasses that album. That tune, I think, encompasses hip hop. Mm. I think those two tunes that I've, I've selected there. Somebody used to be like, "Tell me what hip hop yeah. is." Those are the two tunes that I think I would, Represent I would give them. Representing I think, really well. I think and do. like the beat on "Ambitious as a Rider" is so simple yet. Genius. Yeah, exactly. And the whole flow through it, and even the story behind it, about how that was the first song that was produced after he came to death row and all that. The hook on it as well. The hook on that tune was sick. It's It's, classic pack, and it's everything that Tupac is in a song. I want to just ask you though, Preet, because like, I'm not, I don't disagree with you, but you made a big statement to introduce that song. Pack overall greatest musical artist oh yeah i mean like you know that's that is a big big statement talk, talk to talk to us a bit about that um so we spoke about biggie being the best regarded as the best lyricist and pun challenging him for that i think mm-hmm. tupac's the most over overall he's the best rapper of all time because he does everything really well right. mm-hmm. he's either right. the best or one of the best in every single um, all round, like all rounder, all rounder, yeah. Best so you, 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 yeah. you get like an album like Me Against the World, but mm. then you have the the fucking dark and dingy Seven Day Theory, the Machiavelli album. Yeah, man, yeah. that was that yeah. was very dark. That's that album is chills. Yeah. That blasphemy, mm. the song off of there called Blasphemy, mm. nearly made the the list for that. Where he's going in on the church. You know, what, you like, know what I love oh, about Tupac? Shit. He was so yeah. ahead of his time because he was challenging. He was challenging everything in his music. And I think he was so poetic as well by doing this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Biggie. But I love Biggie mm. for, for completely different reasons because his tunes were were tunes. You know what I'm saying? They were, yeah, they were he wasn't, sick. He wasn't the flow was good. The, the production was across. great. Puff Daddy smashed it. Went, uh, with him and just made great music but as a poet yeah. and a lyricist and the way that he challenged the status quo I think Tupac did it was unprecedented for that yeah unbelievable yeah, unbelievable I, that's why he's definitely, definitely up there agree. with it yeah that's a wicked 100%. three peat man you know what honestly God I have to say that the fact that you put big pun in there has yeah has really elevated it to definitely if not the best top three Easy, top three three beats we've had. Easy because the 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 two pack tune. I don't know if we've had two pack. I don't think we've had. We haven't had two pack on anyone. We haven't had big pun either. We definitely haven't had big pun. Definitely had had two pack. And I think that um, your 
when you talk about hip hop, you talk about pure hip hop, not that watered down mm. shit that's coming out right now. You're talking about real, pure, like true to the roots, yeah. you know, uh, people who understood the craft, who worked on it. You know, you don't get to be as good lyrically and flow wise as Big Pun without understanding where you've come from, developing that. You don't get to write tunes like Tupac writes without knowing it's like, it's not even about, it's hip hop for them isn't hip hop. It's that is who they are. Mm, they yeah. they are hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I was going to go on to say is like, I think firstly, the hip hop now is removed from reality. So you yeah. can be a SoundCloud rapper living in your parents' basement, but you got to tell everybody you're the richest fucker guy yeah, and yeah. how you'll do this. You could have a square job. You know, you could have been a nerd at like school or whatever, mm. but oh no, I was fucking, I killed like eight people, man. Like I did this, yeah. I did that. Whereas like, because the bar has been set so high by the people who, usually the innovators of something are usually the best people at it. Like, like Steve yeah. Jobs will always be the Steve Jobs mm. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there'll never be another Steve Jobs. Yeah. And it's the same with some of these innovators that actually push the craft through. Mm. Like if you look at like mm. Jay, like the two best rappers, I think probably over the last like 15, 20 years, well, no, actually probably about 10 years is Jay Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, 100%. And you can't say that they... I, I would agree they, with that 100% because they have stayed true to the craft as well. Yeah. But it's like you still can't say that they're in the same bracket as the innovators, even no. though they've been the no. best of their class. No. no. no but o- overall, though, honestly, that 3P is definitely in the top. Uh, that's one of the top ones that we've, we've ever had. I really Absolutely. I think that's sick. I think, yeah, I think you're right, Mike. This is the part of the show where we ask, are you roots or rhymes? Um, so moving on. Pre, the final question of the show that we ask absolutely everybody. Um, it's an idea. You can give it the answer however you interpret it. And it's the final question that we like to ask you is, are you roots or are you rhymes? I'm going to go big and go binary with the question. I'm going to go with roots. Okay, sick. And is that because of the Punjabi folk influence? Is that always what you're going to go back to or are you interpreting it differently? So I, oh, I love it. And like, I, I recognise that the whole thing has been like all over the joint. Yeah, yeah I, I recognise it's been all over the joint as in like, you know, my 3P has two hip-hop tracks, but we spent most of the podcast talking about Pajabi music. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it has to be Pajabi music. I think just, I, I think it does too much. Like, I think it's, I think it speaks to my soul almost, I would say. And then I think it's also like, mm-hmm. it's probably the reason that, yeah. why my Punjabi grew levels. Mm. Like, I think, I think it would have been very easy when you go to like, you know, mo- most of your friends are white and whatever, you're dating white or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think your music always brings you back to those roots. Like, mm. it got me into stories of like Dudla Pakti, got me into the stories of Sucha Suma, yeah. got me into like some of the old, old folk stories mm. where you start to appreciate your own like, the artistry in your own culture and you actually learn and dive into the culture. And I think music, music and poetry and stuff are always the first port of that. Yeah. So I think in like 50 years time, you know, you know, you never know where you're going to get, even if you have like mixed race kids or whatever. Mm. I feel like if they, if you get them into the music, you can get them into the culture. I think that's the gateway. So I think Punjabi music, I think I'd have to go with roots. I think, I think that's a really Really valid point and uh, a great explanation as to why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a profound uh, as way of putting it as well. Uh, beautifully for, uh, profound. So yeah, so pre your roots, man. That's it. Always, always going to take it back. I like the. I like that you. Ha- I yeah. like that you went. Some people sit on the well, fence. We, you know, like yeah, yeah. not that there is a right answer or a wrong answer, but some people are like, oh, I'm, I'm a little bit of both because of this, that, the other, and it, I, I kind of like people owning. <laughs> not that we want to label people up, but it's nice when people are like, yeah, no, yeah. this is where I, you know, this is this is what kind of it means to me. And no answer is the wrong answer, but I, I really like the answer because no, of the way you it explained is definitely it. Really, really so now, Pre, it's your opportunity to got going on. Let the listeners know what you're doing, what you're going to be doing, what to check out. Uh, let them know, man. Uh, what have I got going on? Uh, head over to my Insta. I think the Instagram is like the main thing I use for like comedy purposes. I put up like little stand-up clips and stuff. Yeah. Morality with Preet's another one. I'm, I'm also working on the fucking... Wicked, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today, Preet. It's been a great conversation. I, I love how we've we've taken it in different directions and obviously um, 
we're always uh, privy to a little bit of uh, controversy when when you're around <laughs> <laughs> pushing the boundaries of what we can and can't say. But um, and obviously that's that is definitely um, for anybody that loves that kind of thing. Check out your your YouTube uh, shows on uh, on there, and obviously Samosa Chats. That's another one. Definitely check that one out and uh, hit him up on Instagram. But once again, pre. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Nah, thank you for having me, guys. The UK is on red alert. As part of our commitment to the British Asian events industry, we're campaigning with We Make Events to help raise vital funds for those who can no longer work as a result of live events being cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can help by donating using the link in the description of this podcast because together we can help make events again.